Praise Jesus, everybody. Praise God Almighty. We are here back at the comics table. At the comics table. La Mesa de las Comedias. <laughs> Los chistes aquí, amigos. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Sweet Tea. I'm Sweet Pea, everybody. I got my Vuvzula today. What? Do you know what a Vuvzula is? No, I don't. It's that really horrible uh, trumpet uh, that uh, they, 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 they play on uh, soccer game day. You know, they got the, all the all the, the big crowd. Pam, 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 pam. Yes, yes. But it's like a drone. It's just like... Because it's thousands of people doing it. So later in the podcast, we're going to get our views out and, uh, you know, just turn it up. Get off get off your headphones, plug well, in your we, stereo, and have a good time. We've got the musical instrument of the city, which is a siren going somewhere. Yep, that's my ride, he said from the stage as the police car drove by and everybody groaned in the audience. Yeah. I'm just setting the scene. Yeah. It's a comedy podcast. My name's Patrick Holbert. I got Tristan Smith here. He's on Safari. He's on the he's on the computer. We're doing it. We're having a good time. We've got a great guest today. We'll introduce him in a moment. But Tristan, how the hell are you doing? Uh, I don't know. You know my brain. You know you, you remember that? Yeah, yeah I remember I your brain. I, I don't know where it's where it is. It's gone. It's all gone. Well, you we 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 had a kind of like a it was a one two setup punch uh setup today in the studio here uh, just like that yeah. every time you hear something somewhat funny maybe you'll hear this nice well, i've got actually, some so that's got some you know like, it's a roomy kit yeah uh i used to i played i, I played a drum i played drums for like over 10 years me too yeah trap, i didn't play tra- that long trap set did you do that yeah I don't know what that is. Uh, that's like uh, you know, it's like a five piecer kind of. Well, you can do it with a three piece, you know, symbol that you know, this this kind of setup. Yeah, drum set. I don't like the sound of that symbol. He lets it ring too much. He should have. Well, he should have muted it. It's just the wrong symbol for that. It's just the wrong symbol for that. Yeah. That's not what. You, that's not how you would have done it. That's not how I would have done it. Oh man. Well, you know what? Our- this banter today, I got it by the way. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. People like people I have a lot of fans out there from the podcast. Do they you? say, "You know, I only listen to the first minute and a half." You know what the yeah. most fucking depressing part of my life is that uh I like I post things every now and then, try to have them like some kind of meaningful quality to them. And the only the, the biggest response I've gotten to anything in social media in my life is just posting a picture of you. Yeah, it was a nice portrait of me you put oh, up. Oh, man, I'm still getting likes like three days later on that fucking thing. Yeah, but you're getting likes from like my Aunt Nat. I know. Do, are those quality likes? I think sh- I think there's something sexual going on there, Patrick. Aunt Nat, she's great. <laughs> anyway, let's introduce our guest. Today in the studio, we've got the one and the only... The only Matt Marin. What's up? How you doing, what Matt? Up? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, um, welcome to the comics table. <laughs> First thing I need to clarify, you said Vuvuzela is how you pronounced it? Vuvuzela? Vuvuzela. Okay. I've only, th- I think I've only seen it spelled before. That yeah. Like- and I think Patrick Holbert's a lot more cultured than Matt <laughs> no. Aaron. So but, I feel like you have, I always thought it was Vuvuzela. That sounds like a combination between a vulva and a uvula. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blowing that thing, baby. Aren't those both parts of the throat? No, 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 <laughs> no Volvo's not. Okay, never That's mind. I, that was very stupid. Matt, I'm going to get my I, diagram out here. Okay, yeah. I, uh, so we're just starting with no, the, wi- no women listen to this, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> Only at Nat. Uh, okay. 
And she's debatably a woman. No, she's oh, a, she's totally a woman. She's fired. One of the uh, strongest fired. female influences in my life. Yeah. Uh, nice, nice save. No, Vuvuzela, <laughs> the reason I'm yeah. so uh, acquainted with it is that I live in Bushwick where yeah. those things, when it's soccer season, yes. they're going off outside on the avenue and it's pretty horrible. Uh, yeah. So I think they should be outlawed myself. Yeah, that's... Uh... You would. Yeah. I do remember because I worked security and I did a soccer game. It was in Philadelphia. It was like at the Eagles Stadium and it was between Mexico and Jamaica. And we thing is, NFL stadiums have a rule. There's no noisemakers allowed inside. Oh. So we had to kick out all these horns. Yeah. Matt, uh, yes. you can stop me here. Yes. You said you would talk about anything. That yes. There was nothing off limits. Nothing off limits. And you mentioned security. Yes. And can you explain to people, can you talk about yeah. Uh, oh. Mm. Mm. Uh, Wait. What are you guys alluding to? Oh, I yeah. know Matt. So Matt does security for sporting events, but he it does, sounds yeah. like actually security I, for something else that I had no, no idea. No, it is it is for sporting events, and I actually yeah, I don't think my company's listening to this podcast. Okay. <laughs> and okay. even uh, yeah, I don't think this is that big of a deal. I forgot. The, I forgot you knew scandalous. about this. Is the, I forgot this is Tristan the best knew about thing I've yeah. ever fucking heard. I forgot well, Tristan okay. knew about this. Before we get into this. a big story, no, 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 no. We we need to. Well, can I just say three things? This is a three liner. Matt is a comedian we love in New York City. He That's is pretty the, much everyone we've ever had on the podcast. He's he the president and CEO, I think. I'm not sure what the exact title of Comedy Fight Club. Yeah, we'll get into that. So, yeah, so we'll Matt is a, a, a roast joke expert, and we're so happy he's here today. And he has other jobs, such as security. So what yeah, happened yes. in the story? So, well, yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt has a kind of a hobby, a, co- a collection yeah. of sorts. <laughs> of sorts, yes. Can you, can you explain to, to um, Patrick and... Our limited audience, uh, yeah. what, what that collection is. So I'll tell the story of how it started and then where it developed from. Right. I've, I've done security at the U.S. Open for the last uh, five years now. And there was one day where I was working as a player escort when I first started. So I had to walk the players to and from the courts. And have sex with them if they wanted. Yes, <laughs> if yeah. they wanted. Um, and uh, on the way back, we were bringing Rafael Nadal back from one of the practice courts. And everyone was stopping him, signing autographs. And the way you escort a player, you have one guard in front, one guard in back. Uh-huh. I'm standing in front of him, and I had just eaten, like, one of the, like, burgers or cheesesteaks, something from the U.S. Open from a stand that was not settling well. And I'm like, I'm not going to fart with Rafael Nadal right behind me. Uh-huh. But I look around, and he's signing everyone's autograph. I'm like, it's loud out here. It's yeah. just it's a lot of other smells. No one will notice. So I let it out, and then no one noticed, so I let several more out. And got back and then said to one of the other security guards, hey, I just farted on Rafael Nadal. <laughs> An elite athlete. An elite athlete. Yeah. And then the next call I get is I have to escort the Williams sisters to a cor- to their match. I'm like, well, I still got some more in the tank. Why don't I just say I farted on the Williams sisters too? So you have too. a fart victim collection. I have a fart victim collection from working security. Alec Baldwin is on the list. Amazing. <laughs> um, who Any else former presidents? Um, no, but the former mayor of New York, David Dinkins. That's <laughs> that guy looks like a fart. Yeah, and he was in a wheelchair, too. I felt really bad because that was, like, on eye level, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only person that's farted in his face. That's true. Oh, but did you? was there anybody that you really relished, you know, the, 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 uh, the um, opportunity? I mean, there's someone, like, when I'll get somewhere, and I think if I'm there. I did an Eagles game, and Michael Vick ran out of bounds next to where I was working on the sidelines, and I got Michael Vick, which was, I mean, you know, he for, deserves more for than all farts. The, for all the dogs yeah. out there. I mean, you know what I like about your list is that uh, I've sat next to you at so many open mics. I'm sure I'm on the same list as the Venus no, and uh, Serena sisters. Well, well, it's celebrities. Yeah, I, that's why I'm on the list. <laughs> that's why I'm proud yes. to be on it. 
Um, who else do we? Have? Yeah, we're Letty, gonna we're yeah. gonna be um brought, we're gonna be posting this podcast in about uh, twenty years. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I will do it as a bit on stage eventually. Um, I mean, I get, I don't know if that I would actually get in trouble for it, but it's it's, it's, yeah. it's an interesting concept of marking one's territory because yep. I remember in my first summer as an intern in New York City, I was nineteen years old, and part of my job was to deliver tapes around the city to different production houses. Yeah, and uh, I started keeping track of where I dumped them out. Yeah, uh, and it became like a thing I was proud of. Yeah, why is it? Do you think women Not, are doing this? No, no. But I mean, it is also a thing where because I haven't like publicized it necessarily. Whenever I hear someone like if someone talks about Andre three thousand in my head, I'm like, I know I farted on yep. a music festival two years ago. <laughs> I farted on that guy. Or when the video went out of like a viral video of Lenny Kravitz comes out, I farted on Lenny Kravitz. Oh, he's been and, farted on. So, but, so is that true? Lenny and Andre three thousand. Lenny and on, Lenny was at the U.S. Open. He was doing the opening ceremony, and Andre three thousand was backstage at a music festival. Okay, so you get hired for the day to run security. Are you yeah. fueling up in the morning? Not particularly. I do. There's been a couple where I, if I had something, I could have got. I like I have worked with Andy Roddick, but I've never been there when I've had something loaded, and I don't uh-huh. want to take a chance on shitting my pants. Yeah, yeah. Although I did, it's a gamble. I did. I remember when Rafael Nadal won the U.S. Open. There was this woman who was like escorted to a security area, and I would have been able to fart on her. She was within range, but I didn't know who she was. She had like an escort and everything, and it turned out she was the queen of Spain there to watch Rafael Nadal. If I had known, I would have taken the chance on shitting my pants to fart on the queen of Spain. Yeah, That's... you could have passed gas on royalty. Yeah, I, or at the very yeah. least, you I shit my pants in front of this queen of Spain. Yeah. Of course, yeah, you that have would to be start a whole second too. list. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably my favorite, uh, the one I got was, uh, I think it was two years ago at the U.S. Open. <laughs> it was two Italian women in the final, and I was working at the President's Gate where all the VIPs come through, and the Prime Minister of Italy came through, and I farted on the Prime Minister of Italy. Oh, that's that's excellent. I mean, I'm, that's... I'm just imagining, though, like, like really, really di- diving deep on this, and you're wearing Depends to, like, every security yeah. detail, <laughs> sitting in front of people like, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's hot when that when that tournament's going on. It's so hot out. Yeah, you could you could conceivably go in commando. Uh, that's one less layer of fabric, and yeah. it's a more direct hit. That's true. I yeah. mean, I haven't. The only time I think anyone's ever noticed is one of my other security guard friends told me when I was walking in front of Serena and Venus, he saw Serena like making a face, like yeah. scrunching her nose up, like something smelled. But it's also like underground behind the stadium. Yeah. There's a lot of Could other smelly anything. things in there. Queens, yes, New York. Exactly. Uh, and Arthur Ashe Stadium, there's AIDS all over that place. Exactly. That's Arthur- a horrible thing to say. <laughs> Arthur- well, how would you say that, Tristan? Oh, I'm so sorry. Why? What's, what's going on? Uh, what about Chelsea Clinton? She hangs out there. Um, I've never been around. Che- Bill and Hillary have both come through on days I've been there, have but I never heard on a, a politician. But not um, in the red zone. The mayor, not in the red zone. Uh, no, um, the uh, mayor and prime minister, I think, are the only two politicians I've gotten before. David um, Dinkins, more like David Stinkins. David. <laughs> Oh, Anthony Bourdain, the celebrity chef. He's on my list as well. You're like, nice. hey, take a taste yeah. of this, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? Oh, no, that's a different guy. I was what thinking kind of, guy, what kind of notes yeah. are you getting in this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it a nutty? Is it nutty? Is it uh, fruity? Is there some layer of lavender? You probably have really healthy for you're a pretty healthy. You work out, right? Yeah. Um. Well, I nice have transition, this, yeah. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you look yeah. like a guy. It, it, Matt, if yeah. you if you're not familiar with Matt, he's I've never seen him in sleeves. Yeah. I assume you have to work. I in have sleeves. seen him in sleeves, and it was fucking weird, man. 
was, yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird me it was out, like yeah. seeing a school teacher well, outside it? of school. It was, it was winter. You were in a jacket oh. like a normal human being. <laughs> I always wear jackets in the winter. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's fucking weird. Because, yeah. like, Until I take the jacket off, then it's back to normal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seeing Matt without sleeves, it's like seeing your social studies teacher out at uh, TGI Fridays with your you mom know, and I dad. Had a, I had a math teacher that used to wear um, turtlenecks all the time. Ugh. And then we had some kind of like uh, field trip where we, it was like a go, I don't know, back in the day when, you you know, schools used to actually go out and do things with the classes. Like we went to a lake. I don't remember how this happened, but like the whole class went to a lake and everyone's like, oh my God, we're going to see, you know, whatever his name was, Nick. And he fucking like, and he know he knew that the thing was that everyone was like, why does this guy, like there's all these rumors of like why he wore a turtleneck all the time. Yeah. So he shows up, he has a bathing suit on, and he had cut the neck off a turtleneck, and he was wearing that no shirt. As a joke? As or? a joke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but, a, that's yeah. really committing to a bit. You're really, yeah, yeah, it is. He went the whole day that way. What's his name? Can we look him up on the internet I don't, see if he's still know, doing I it? I honestly don't remember anymore. Uh, I remember being so mean to school teachers. There was one guy, uh, Art Higby, very hairy man, uh, like like to the point where... You couldn't see the back of his neck because it would grow in so fully. Uh, so there was a lot of bits floating around about when he gets a haircut, how much does it cost? Does he take his shirt off? Does he does he have to instruct them to go all the way down to the butt? Like mm-hmm. how much of his back is getting like if these I mean, the teachers must know how much we obsess about what is going on with them. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, that's how speaking of that's how my comedy kind of got started in a way. I mean, first of all, it, well, well, actually, it's probably more like third grade being the class clown. But later on, I remember I had like a, a teacher for math or English or something like that. And he was like a really young guy coming in. And so I just started making fun of him. Right. And he would like bite like he wouldn't he wasn't one of these teachers that would be like, yeah, oh, that's inappropriate. He would be he would kind of joke back. But I'd always fucking outdo him. Yeah. And I I, <laughs> I just remember my, my favorite burn was he always wore really tight like alligator uh, you know those alligator shirts with like the they have a little alligator oh, yeah, yeah. logo yeah. on them, and they have you know collar and that kind of thing. And then he wore like baggy pants, and I'm like, why? I'm like, why are your shirts so tight? <laughs> and he would be like, he's like, because because it got big muscles. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, well, then what does that say about your baggy pants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Wasn't it the yeah. best feeling when you could get like a teacher a, to laugh at that, you? That was like my eighth grade burn back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having a teacher. It was he was a substitute teacher, but he was like the substitute teacher by junior high school. Where like every time you had a substitute, it was like him or one or two other people. And he always wore these like tight collared shirts, and his nipples always stuck through the shirts. Yeah. And we used to call him Mister Lobster. Right. Mm. I don't know why that specifically was what we <laughs> called him, but I remember it was weird. Like because I, I always got good grades, and I was always even if I was by the time I was in junior high school, I was like getting detention every week for being disruptive. I remember having a teacher, a Spanish teacher who is uh, overweight. You look like, you look like yeah. a kid from in-school suspension, like right now. I was in-house suspension, <laughs> yes. Like right now, you, you look like you just got out of yeah, there. I, um, I remember this, yeah, I remember the Spanish teacher who was overweight, and every time she got mad, she turned really red, and we used to call her Miss Tomato, and we used to just try and get her mad just because she would turn red. It would have really <laughs> put her over the edge if you said tomato in Spanish. I wish I, I knew how to say I that. Feel, I feel like we probably did at the time. Yeah. Um, but it was weird where I always had kind of the thing of... I think all teachers, if I was, like, being a troublemaker, it was seen as more mischievous than me being a bad kid. I was, like, a good kid doing yeah. bad things. Yeah, or yeah. It was, um, I, always, I always got super grades, but then I would get suspended 
every year. Yeah. From sixth grade till I graduated, I got suspended for something. Is that true yeah. what you were saying on stage the other day about being a Mensa member? Yeah. You have a really high IQ? Yep. It's so interesting. Top 1%. Really? The way you said that was like, yeah, I don't buy it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's unbelievable. It's literally, it's literally Trist- unbelievable. It's unbelievable to that me Tristan too. is smart. I'm like, you know what? Here, here's what I think. Here's what I think. If you're really smart, you're probably not taking an IQ test to like prove it. Like you just don't need to even do that. Yeah. I also think there's different kinds of intelligence. Like, yeah, I'm, I've always been really test smart. Yeah. And so, you know, I can, t- I can take myself an IQ test. Yeah. But my, my IQ is up there. Your social IQ is way off. It's like way retarded. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Matt, you grew up in yeah. a house of school teachers, right? Uh, my dad, my dad is a school teacher. My mom was a speech therapist. Oh, gotcha. And she's worked in schools before. I know she was at St. Mary's. So Children's wait, Hospital. your dad was a school teacher, and you get yeah. suspended all the time. What the fuck was uh, that like? So my dad was actually he was a music teacher, and I remember he worked at the day camp I was at also. And he was the music teacher at my day camp. And because he was my dad and he was the teacher, I was the most disruptive kid. Because I felt like I could get away. With it. My dad like had to set me aside. He was like. You can't do this to me, your, like your just because I'm your dad. Your like, beat you. I was hit as a kid, not like beat, beat, but my, my like hit, hit. Yeah, the, hit the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. I got spanked. I would. Th- yeah. My mom had like a wooden spoon. She'd whip out and just hit really? me. Yeah. Hit me until the anger subsided. Yeah. Well, she also drove nails through the end of it on, on <laughs> the wooden spoon, right? Only like, because uh, Tristan asked for it. Yeah. Like like Nagin on like, uh, yeah, the Walking mommy. Dead. What's that? Like Nagin on the Walking Dead. Uh, I haven't seen it. Like a I'm done with that bet. show. Yeah, it's horrible. It's just a fucking depressing mess. It could be so good, but it's just not. No, it's not. It was. It was for time. Breaking Bad ruined narrative TV for all shows that aren't as well written as that. Right. It, it's the same thing that like your comedy set does. Patrick <laughs> Holbert, TV critic, checking in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Matt, you, yes. so let's talk about this. You brought Hold on. Do you do you notice how he just fucking. How he just does it. He just guides the narrative. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I don't so have Matt. to. I don't have to. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, no. Actually, yeah. I was kind of going with the flow with uh, – so this has come up in roasts I've heard you yeah. participate in. Sometimes people will make fun of your speech impediment. Yeah. There's something happening there. And you grew up with a speech therapist mom. Yes. How did this occur? She gets very upset whenever someone does a speech impediment joke about me because she says it's not a speech impediment. There's nothing wrong with your voice. I get. I guess I have a weird voice. Uh, it's, it's not a voice. Thing. It's yeah. the upward inflection yeah. at the end of statements. It's the only voice I've ever had, so I never thought about it. Okay. And I think uh, instead, but, but you don't. Yeah. You don't say anything's like off that I've noticed ever. Yeah, I don't. At, it's never been a thing I've I actively thought about. I love people like. They kind of talk. They like, have like a thing. Like they're deaf? Yeah. No, well, they could potentially be, but maybe they just, <laughs> they just talk like this. Like what kind of people? Um, Like, like uh, my, <laughs> my imaginary friend, Bob, <laughs> who lives inside my skull. And every night he tells me stories so I can fall asleep. This is the sound you're making is kind of the sound I hear my own voice inside my own head. Is that really? Really? Because it's I know how nasally I sound in in to others, so I I'm self conscious about the sound of my voice. You don't sound nasally. You sound kind of um. You sound kind of like a chill bro. I'm bracing yeah. myself for, for I do where rem- this is going to go, bro. I do remember, like, when I was in elementary school, I called into, like, a kid's radio station, and I yeah. taped it and heard it back. And it's the first so time weird. I heard my voice, it was like, that can't be my voice. That's mm-hmm. not my yeah. voice. It's so um, weird. But, yeah, from after, like, years of performing, 
it doesn't I don't think anything of it. I think also you kind of write to what your voice is, not the yeah. other way around. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, I said this joke this way and it worked. That's how I'll say jokes from now on. Yeah, yeah. Not thinking this is what my voice is, just kind of yeah. going yeah, knowing what it yeah, just going with what works. I want to get back to Tristan's hateful impression here. Not hateful. Yeah. <laughs> is it mean? Is it mean? Is it hateful? Or is this okay? I think what, it's okay. Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> 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 this is just a guy in my head that just talks to me. It's a guy with like a tongue that's too big for his mouth. <laughs> now that's hateful, Patrick. That is hateful. Uh, there was. Oh, I'm trying to think. There was some kid in my neighborhood growing you know up that I think, had that. Let's talk for a second about. I just cannot get away. I I am a full proponent of free speech. Right? You don't have to like what I'm saying, but I should be able to say it. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, I agree. And that I think that and 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 this is we're going to get into this with Fight Club because yeah. one thing I love about Fight Club is uh, it's it's well it's really one of the funniest shows that I will see on a regular basis because I think. It's just funny to watch comics just fucking go for it. Yeah. And uh and um anyway, but no holds barred. No holds barred. But the you know, it's interesting like that there's different contexts for that. Um uh for for those that might be listening, uh there was a recent uh, hubbub because some some people put a uh, a rumor on the on social media that that Jeff Lawrence had died. Uh-huh. Uh, who is the owner and proprietor of Laughing Buddha Comedy? Dot com. Um, Check it out for classes, workshops, and open mics. Oh, my God. This is not a <laughs> mic, Patrick. You're going to make people wish the rumors were true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, but I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting to think about it in this context. So I think for some people, they thought that that was like a funny joke. Yeah. I personally think that's fucked up. And re- the reason why is not even because of who it was or what it was, but just like it's kind of like it's, it seems very juvenile to me. Now, I'm I'm interested in if, if you, either of you guys think – that I'm I'm off base there. Um, that's not to say that somebody couldn't do that, but it's like if it's it's one thing if you're making like some kind of like tasteless joke. I'm actually all for that. I yeah. love that. But when you're targeting a specific person in the context of social media, not on the stage, and you are uh, you know just saying something that could maybe potentially worry and upset like people that uh, care about that person, like yeah. My so my the thing that bummed me about out about it was. Uh, was I didn't hear about it from being online. I didn't see it online. My first thing was uh, messages to me of people saying, uh, did Jeff die? Like right. that's literally like how they were asking. And uh, we're all comedians. And if anybody, like if somebody said, did Tristan die? It would freak me out because, yeah, maybe he did die. He's a twisted person. Maybe something happened to him. <laughs> Only the good die young, Patrick. You and need I would, not worry. I would, I would have that level of concern with any comedian that just was randomly being asked about. Well, and when way. you think yeah. about it, like a lot of times, especially mm-hmm. like you know, I've like there's a lot of comedians that have died in yeah the past so however many years. I mean, you see yeah, here but it all most the time. of them. Most of them were beloved. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Jeff yeah, doesn't so, listen to this, right? So, so <laughs> well, no, yesterday, what, this was yesterday morning, just to give the listeners a context. This might come out in a month. Uh, this was yesterday morning, so I'm still processing it. So that's my main point is that I, uh, it, it was alarming to right. me on a personal level. So I know some of the people that, that started this, uh, are people that would, for instance, uh, be regulars at Comedy Fight yeah. Club, right? How do you, what do you feel about that? Do you think, 
Do you think it actually it, – do you find some value in it or some humor in it? Do you think it's shitty? Like what is what is your actual take on that? I think it depends on what the result ends up being and the result ended up being everything was fine and Jeff got a bunch of Facebook posts and jokes about it. Right. Uh, to the point he posted so many things I almost started thinking he was the one who started it <laughs> just to get more bits out of it. That's true. Um, he did make yeah, a lot of bits out of it. He yeah. seemed to enjoy it at a certain point and um, people were worried for a couple hours and then it went away and it will probably be forgotten in a few months or so. So, but just in a, but if if you take it out of the context of what what actually occurred, like in terms of it, because here's the interesting thing: if there's anything that's made me think more about like what what is appropriate for comedy or what's not, and challenged challenged the whole notion of free speech yeah. and that kind of thing, Comedy Fight Club has been one of those things. And, and for yeah. the, for those of you people that don't know it, Comedy Fight Club is every week at Lovecraft Bar, yep. every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m. And uh, it's it's also on Periscope, right? Yep. And it's a uh, it's basically a group of comedian, you know, comedians that are paired together. Usually, maybe like a week in advance. Yeah, I mm-hmm. we put the lineups up Monday nights, so they have all week to prepare. So right. it's not going in blind, right? But but they're they've they've got that week, and sometimes you you know the person really well, and sometimes you don't. Yeah, and you kind of have to do some research and figure out, and yeah. just kind of come up with something to be as. Like I would say, as painfully yeah. harsh as possible, right? And yeah, and make it funny also, because there's people. I mean, I'm. Uh, it, it's kind of an open forum. Go and go for anything, but if you go for something really dark and it's not that funny, the audience will let you know it, and okay. it'll get uncomfortable. So but the, I want to. I want to yeah. speak to. I want to speak to this one uh, particular yeah. instance of it, where uh, uh, and stop me if if you don't. <laughs> Talk about it. Oh, but, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. But, um, I remember there was one comedy fight club, and it was it was a really good actual uh, – the evening was really good, really yeah. good fighters. But then this one guy came up, and he did like a pseudo KKK thing. Yep. Now, no. I, I guess him and the guy who was up against their friends, right? Yeah. Well, when and, you say pseudo KKK, he well, came out wearing – Well, he had like a makeshift outfit – Right, yeah, a hood, like a hood, he had a hood yeah. and the and he was and, and he was going up yeah. against a black man, mm-hmm. and like that, of, he's not black, he's actually Panamanian, but he just looked yeah, like anybody seeing him would think he right. looked as I black, mean, like, yeah, for for that, and then you know, I think the KKK also hates Panamanians, yeah, right. that would be strange. That would be strange if they were. <laughs> they just, that's whoa, not whoa, white whoa, whoa, you're, you're not actually black. You just look black. Okay, you're good. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> but I mean. um so so he so he came out doing that and then and, you know this is from my perspective I didn't know either of these guys yeah so it was like holy shit you know yeah and the <laughs> thing about it is like that's inherently kind of fucked up from the get go but then you're like well if you're super fucking funny you yeah. can justify it potentially yeah. yeah he also pulled out a noose he pulled, that was yeah. <laughs> he got real dark <laughs> and the thing is he wasn't particularly funny like, yeah he. Uh, he was just kind of screaming and yeah. Well, his style is kind of Kinnison like, where I've he'll start him, right, mild I've mannered, seen him have really funny sets. Yeah, he'll start mild mannered. He had done really well at Fight Club before. He'd yeah. start mild mannered and then kind of start screaming out of nowhere, and it would be hilarious. But when you go that extreme from the start, right, to then continue being extreme. I just I don't think it landed. It got uncomfortable, but I right. like I'm okay with uncomfortable. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing about yeah. it is is what I what I what was interesting about it is it really challenged me in terms of my notion of free speech because that is something that I that I kind of like right away was like whoa that's not yeah. okay. But then on the other hand, it's like if if we're going you know it, like once you start drawing lines on like what you can say and what you can't say, yeah. Then the question is you know. 
like like every different person has a different line, and yeah. it's like where does that line end? Well, I think generally, pretty much the consensus, at least, is definitely legally, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it's you can say anything you want until it causes a danger. Right. And the argument with comedy that people make when they want someone not to say anything is that doing jokes about stereotypes or doing jokes about whatever it is. Right. If you do jokes about trans people, that leads to more violence against so trans people. In that particular instance, I remember there was another comic in the audience that yeah. was really upset about it. Yeah. And he he was like, yep. Um, he, yeah, it looked were, like he was ready to go go to town on that. Yeah, I remember um, one guy. I, he so we had like the champ toy championship belt on the table. He came up and uh, he like hit the guy over the head a few times. Like it's a toy championship belt, and he right. like playfully hit him over the head en- enough that it was known he was upset. Right. But I know the guy, and he told me that he's like, I respect you enough. I'm not gonna actually beat someone up on your show. Right. Um. But like, yeah, someone took a picture and put it up online of a guy in the clan hood saying someone came out and beat a guy with his own belt. The story just built from there. I see right. someone else on a podcast talking about someone getting lashed with a right. belt well, at an open it's, it's show. It's sensational yeah. sounding, right? It becomes a story that isn't actually what happened. Yeah, and you give any um, comic yeah. an opportunity to get a little juice on their own social media exactly. platforms. Yeah. Uh, they'll say whatever the fuck they can for some yeah. likes. Yeah, <laughs> and so, but, I, but that's yeah. the interesting dynamic of, of comedy fight. See, one thing I I like about it, it's almost kind of like the last bastion of free speech. Because I feel like you go there, you have to have the expectation that people are going to be really pushing the limits. People yeah. are going to be using um, a sensitive, uh, any kind of sensitive subject yeah. matter they can. Yep. And at the end of the day, it's like if they're funny, yeah. then people respect it. And if they're not, then they yeah. eat shit. Well, I I think there's generally – I feel like there's two kinds of people, criers and laughers, and it's how you deal with pain and awful things in the world. Either you cry about them or you laugh at them. Yeah. And it's the same – Process. It's not. Uh, Doctor this- Matt is in the house, <laughs> and I feel it's almost like a war going on of laughers making fun of the criers, calling them pussies and crybabies and snowflakes, and the criers looking at the laughers saying you're insensitive and you don't care about these issues. And right. They're exactly the same. They're just dealing with it differently. Mm. And over, I think the main the main argument being that if you do a joke about this, it'll lead to more. It can lead to actual violence and danger. I don't think you could be in control of that. I don't think – like uh, I was talking to someone the other day about Bill Maher on his show saying that he thinks Islam right now is the most dangerous religion in the world because there's – a Muslim leadership country today is what a Christian country was 600 years ago but not today. And someone was saying – who I know was saying that, oh, well, if you're an Islamophobe and you hear that, you could be motivated to do something. It's like, well, yeah, but – Charles Manson listened to the Beatles and thought that meant he should go around killing people. Right. How are you? Resp- how much are you responsible for what people interpret you saying as? Uh, for what people interpret what you say? If I say a racial joke about Jewish people or black people or Asian people, and someone hears that and thinks, "Yeah, Asian people are terrible," and goes out and beats up an Asian person, that's not what I meant by it. Right. If they take it to mean that, that's that's not my fault. Because people can interpret things however they want in their own but brain. But that's also the interesting thing because it's interesting – like it depends on the context of the thing, right? Yeah. So in my mind, you know, in terms of a comedy setting, ideally – and yeah. obviously you don't get this a lot of the time. Yeah. Ideally, everybody would be coming into the room yeah. knowing that it's comedy, knowing that, that things might be said that are offensive but they're done in the spirit of um, making light of it. Yes. Um. And I, I, that's ideally what you'd want. And then, um, and and then the comic would be free to kind of talk about anything, knowing that 
you know, knowing that it would be received that way. But the reality is you can't, you know, there's people that come in that are, that are not even ready to laugh, much less yeah. um, uh, accept yeah. kind of something that they consider to be offensive. I think it's also, it's not the secret place it used to be. Right. Like comedy clubs used to be like, you know, all these like old Milton Berle, Buddy Hackett comedians, they would do their nightclub act and that was where they got dirty and it was never televised. No one had phones recording it. Right. On TV, they would be clean and everything. Red Fox was a legend. He's like maybe the reason comedy clubs exist today. He was so popular for doing all this dirty stuff. And then eventually it was like we need to have clubs where p- comedians can just go and right. say anything they want. People can go and listen to it. And it was like an anything can happen. There'd be legendary stories of famous people having meltdowns that never made YouTube. Um, but because well, that kind of com- stuff is appeal- appealing to me. Like yeah, that kind me of, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the appeal of going to a comedy club was you could see a famous person melt down yeah. or you could just see anything happen. Uh, but now that it's on YouTube, it's everywhere, and the secrecy isn't there. I think Comedy Fight Club, even though we stream it on Periscope, there is kind of the vibe of – I set it up from the top. I say anything goes. This will be awful. It, it will be it, mean. And it does, but, and it does have that – like what you were talking about, it does have that kind of secret club vibe to it. Yeah. Because it's kind of – Lovecraft is a kind of an interesting bar. It's it's kind of a dive bar, but it's also kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and – and especially the basement is like a really nice setup, yeah. and it feels like some kind of like hidden clubhouse. It does right? look like an Illuminati meeting place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- there's kind of a cool quality to that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, do you want to talk to? Do you want to speak to? You know, maybe some of the philosophies of Comedy Fight Club, how it got started, yeah. and kind of you know how you try to run it. Um, well, originally, kind of so. Roasting for me has been like my fa- – I wanted to do a roast for friends of mine before I ever even wanted to do stand-up and even dating back to when I was in school and I would make fun of teachers or be kind of cl- – and I was always – I would be just as mean sometimes and say just as – be just as disruptive as other kids but I was seen as like still being a good kid and I think that's carried over into roasting that I'll say really mean stuff but I don't think – I don't, at, at roasts, I don't think people who are actually mean people are good at roasts. I think it's people who have a mean sense of humor that are actually nice people. Yeah. And I think that's kind of been something I've had since I was being a class clown. And then fast forward to now there's roast battles and they moved roast battle – LA. They brought the roast battle from LA to New York. And at the time, uh, I think uh, Usama Siddiqui and Eagle Wit did like a roast battle show, simil- something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Switzer had the idea of doing roast battles at open mics. And like in between sets, they would have people roast battle at like a McSwiggins open mic. And then he got stairs bar to just like let us just do a whole like comedy fight club. And after he hosted the first one and then he had to leave halfway through the second one and I took over hosting. And then after the third one, I think we did stairs shut down. So we moved it to Lovecraft, and Ben wanted me to host. Me and Ben were like, I could host. He would go up and introduce me. Do you think the change of venues changed the the nature of the? I think so. Thing? Well, because also at, Lo- at stairs, it was on random days and random times. There was never we could get it at Lovecraft. It was weekly, every Sunday night at ten o'clock. Yeah. Right. And there used to be an open mic called Murder Room a few years oh, ago yeah, that was every Sunday night. And it became like a hangout because yes. comedians are always out on Sunday nights. I was just going to say, it's such a fun going to Fight Club. I, I'm not a regular there, yeah. but it is so fun. Every time I do go, I get to see all my favorite yeah. comics in one place. And there's, I think it's you know you have something special going when tons of comics just go to watch. Yeah. Uh, so you've built something really, really Thank amazing. You. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, maybe it's just the jaded nature that I have, but uh, you know, it's it's a lot more difficult for me to laugh out loud at a lot of comedy these days. Yeah, I, 
feel like I've uh, saturated myself with so much of it. Yeah. And so it's unless it's surprising, yeah. um, it just doesn't get me that way. But Comedy Fight Club, there's something about that that um, – well, it's either one of two things. Either it's just fucking painful and like shut the fuck up, yeah. or it's like it's yeah, I'm laughing out loud at it. Yeah. It's well, like yeah. I mean, well, once we moved to Lovecraft and we kind of had a weekly setup, and it was it became more uh, Ben would be there and not be there, and it became more of me kind of running it and doing it my own way. I like hyped it up like a pro wrestling show or UFC fight sure. night, and then built started building like the character of the show and all, and still my mindset. Even the whole time it was because I, I think that for comedians, comedians have always kind of had that jaded nature of like um, we hear so many things all the time. We just need to hear something awful sometimes or we need like brutal honesty. But I think in today's world, I think people have that also. I've had non-comedian friends of mine come and they're like they never have seen a comedy show like that except maybe the once a year there's a roast on Comedy Central. Right. And I think people do crave a brutal honesty, a show where I will ask the audience if you think this person won and no one will clap for them. Yeah. And right. they'll have to stand there and just take getting no applause. Right. Yeah. Th- those are yeah. those <laughs> are some of my favorite moments because that room truly rewards hard work. Yeah. Like if you show up and you've done your work that week and wrote good jokes, yeah. people will show you respect. And I've I've made new friends there just because we don't go to the same mics or whatever. And there are now comics who I'm like, wow, that person is really sharp. I yeah. get unbel- like I get unbelievably nervous there in a way that I don't get anywhere else. Like I could go to Caroline's, do a show in front of 150 people, 200 people, and feel like 10 times more comfortable yeah. than I do <laughs> at Comedy Fight Club going up. Like my hands are shaking. Like yeah. it's bad. That was the first time. Uh, so I think it was after a couple months of us doing it. Once I started like – I came up with an introduction for every show and we kind of got more of a format going and it became more of like uh, a show where it's this, uh, something that people could like. Even now, I'll hold the microphone out. Everyone knows the most important rule is no fucking pity claps. And mm-hmm. once everyone became more comfortable with what it was and it became more – of this is what the show is. I think it was like a couple months in, there was someone up there who I was a comic who'd been doing it as long as me maybe or had been doing it a while and they were looking at their phone at their jokes and their hand was shaking and that was the first time I was like, I've a- we've actually got something here. Yeah, if comics yeah. are nervous to do this show yeah. with like, I mean the same amount of people at a crowded open mic. When we first started, there would be 20, 30 people maybe, which is... It's just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's your peers. Yeah. You, and that's one of, that's part of it. And you know, everyone's going to be totally honest. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's something about like, uh, like the, the laughter that you get from your peers is so much sweeter than, yeah. than from, you know, some... And I think it's also Some there's more crowd. of a because everyone's kind of bond with their set in an open mic before yeah. it just happens. But this is one where it's like you wrote the joke specifically for this. And if the other person does better than you, it's going to be humiliating right. for you. Yep. And everyone's going to see that yep. you lost. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, th- um, I mean, for whatever reason uh, it is, I just remember anytime I see like people's hands shaking, there's a part of me that realizes even now because we've been doing it over a year and a half and you the worry for me is like, is it going to get stale? Is it, are people still going to want to come out? If people are still getting nervous, which I still see sometimes, to me it's like, oh, we've still got something here. Yeah, yeah. When you you uh, you you personally extend like write all the time, and you're, you 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 uh, have extended beyond that. Like I know you're you're doing roast stuff outside of Comedy Fight Club, right? Yeah, they have the roast battle show at New York Comedy Club. I've done before, and um. And because of Comedy Fight Club, when other people have roasts, like when Patrick had his roast for his uh, bachelor party. Matt does private events. Yeah. <laughs> bachelor parties, bar mitzvahs. Yeah. I think, I, uh, I think Patrick, don't you have like a... Yeah. 
Yeah, I've you got, have that? Yeah, I want to I want to play the way you open the show yeah. uh and I'll just set it up a little bit. I said to Matt, I was like, I want to pay you some money to come MC this roast for my bachelor party and I just have one special request. I want one really good joke about dying on my motorcycle. <laughs> uh, so let's play this back and see if Matt came up with anything. All right, everybody. This will get mean, offensive, no holds barred, no mercy. This former degenerate, drunken slob and current unfunny, arrogant snob is going to take all we have to dish out and there's nothing he can do about it tonight. Someone will be up here talking about passion while a room full of people smile and nod along and have a great time. So this is kind of a preview of what it'll be like at his funeral. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I need you guys to give it up for the man we're all here for. He looks like he'd be a model for Abercrombie and bitch. It's Patrick Holbert! So we'll set this up. This is a cigar bar in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, us comedians uh, and my friends. Right We're just a short time away from when Patrick Holbert will be marrying Ross Aaron Martineau, who, thank God, is not here for this tonight. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Ross and Patrick, a match made in the land of low expectations. <laughs> Ross oh, somebody Aaron loved Martineau that one. sounds like the name of an explorer who discovered Quebec in the 1600s. <laughs> and as we can see, 400 years later, the French are still settling. <laughs> Matt Marin, student of history. Yep. Uh, Patrick and Ross are a great team like the Elman brothers, and by that I mean I hope one of them dies in a motorcycle accident. Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. John Fox yeah, is Patrick howling. Patrick likes riding motorcycles. His fiance likes riding men with bigger dicks. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little more about the man we're here for, this alt-right sex doll. I'll give it up one more time for I didn't catch that that night. Alt-right sex doll. That's yeah. funny. We are here tonight to honor this man. A man who is the leading cause of people rooting for more motorcycle accidents. <laughs> a man who makes you look and say, oh, that's what Gary Busey used to look like. <laughs> a man who runs open mics as effectively as Jerry Sandusky would run an elementary school. <laughs> And at this point, you're but getting like, oh, you're getting attention from other patrons. Yeah. And most importantly, tonight we're here to honor a man who is soon to be starting his first marriage. And I say first marriage because who in their right mind thinks a recovering alcoholic who enters beard and hair competitions is on his one and only marriage in his lifetime? <laughs> If Ross doesn't divorce you, she'll start riding a motorcycle without a helmet. Um, and just pray that God hates her as much as he hated Paul Walker. Uh, I like a good Paul Walker joke. I mean, yeah. Paul Walker didn't die on a motorcycle. On a, he died in a car crash. There aren't that many famous or important people who have died in motorcycle accidents. Uh, a trend which will absolutely continue the day Patrick dies. <laughs> But if any of you doubt how multi-talented Patrick is, let's talk about him being a cross-dresser. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, if you've ever seen the picture on Facebook of Patrick dressed like a woman, you know what it would look like if Caitlyn Jenner were less likable. <laughs> Now that's a woman who looks like she'd be marrying someone named Ross. <laughs> All right, that stopped cold. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm wondering...
I was going to fade it out. That was a smooth transition, Patrick. <laughs> but thank you so much again yeah, for Matt definitely. doing that. Uh, you killed it that night. Everybody else on the day has killed it that night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it was like a, such a fun exercise in pure narcissist, like self-loathing narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you you made my night, and you made that, that was such a special part of getting married in general. And I think it's such an interesting thing that one of the highest honors you can pay a person is to roast them, right? You know. And Don Rickles just died a couple yeah. of days ago, so I watched yeah. that Reagan inauguration. That was incredible. Roast. Yeah, so fun to watch him uh, just fully make fun of these people and reduce them to to crying laughter. Yeah, uh, there's something amazing about. Although I feel like yeah. that's a classic roast, like some of the. If I, if you look at some of the um, some of the newer roasts that are out, like are, like like things that a Comedy Central have been doing, right? yeah, I feel like they've almost changed the nature of it. Like when you look at some of those roasts of like celebrities that they had, yeah, it almost seemed like no, they legitimately dislike that person. Like yeah, the end. They're Coulter. not really honoring yeah. them. They think yeah. they suck. Yeah, yeah. There was um, there's been some of those, but even it's one of. Uh, I I think since starting doing comedy, I've become jaded to some stuff. And I, w- I remember watching back some of the roasts thinking, I hope I still like this because I loved this growing up. And every time right. I watch it, it's like I still th- I still get no, a kick I mean, out of them. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. I do, too. But but I don't think – I don't I think it's a different thing than like that real old school of like that boys club where they're all like, ah, you're my best friend. Yeah. 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 Fucking douchebag, yeah. you know. Yeah, the old Dean Martin roasts were a lot more like that. Now they definitely do want to get celebrities to be targets for certain things. Right. Um, well, and it's also like Justin Bieber did it as a PR. It was a good PR move for him to show <laughs> that he is uh, he's humble enough to uh, accept people tearing him down. You but know? then interestingly enough, I think there was uh, Hamill Burris made like a really harsh burn. Um, and then they edit it out of the program, yeah, which I think yeah. is uh, pretty mm. bullshitty. Uh, I've said some horrible things on Fight Club. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. Where I, I, one good, of them, you're good. Patrick is very good at comedy. Yeah. One of them got retweeted, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't know if I want that one." Re- I well, yeah, we talked about that. About we, gay, yeah, oh yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about that, that with Chris. Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one I specifically told uh, Nick not to retweet was. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a week after Patton Oswalt's wife died. Oh, yes, I do remember And I that, made yeah. a joke about that, and I remember thinking, this is a good joke, and it will win me this fight, but yeah. no one can ever hear this again. Yeah, <laughs> I know? remember uh, doing a joke. like Because also, one of the responsibilities I feel at Fight Club, because I opened the show, is that if there's anything in the news that is tragic or awful, people will naturally come in and wonder, okay, but is this off limits? Yeah. So in the opening, I roast all the officials on the dais. I will kind of like take it upon myself. If there's something like that in the news, I'll do a joke about it. Yeah. Um, I remember the week like Patton Oswalt's wife died, which yeah, obvious it's within comedy, but everyone knows about it. Right. And a- Alex Engelbert was on the dais, and I said, "A woman we all wish had been married to Patton Oswalt." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. The other thing that's great about you and your show is that I loved. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I honestly, I avoided it for like a year and a half because <laughs> I don't want to be made fun of. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I also, also, I can be really mean, and I don't want to like. I was scared about like if I got if I got into it I'd be too mean and not funny. I get more upset when people don't make fun of me well. Yeah. Like 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 yo, you just phoned that in. Like you don't yeah. know anything about me. Like yeah, that yeah. wasn't that wasn't at all. Do you know actually the worst burn I think ever was Tom McGrath when I that was my first yeah. fight club and he made fun of my website and the fact that I had just a bunch of like industry show videos on it. Yeah. Cuz that was so, it got a huge laugh. Yeah. And it was 
hundred percent true. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, my website is a fucking piece of shit. And it actually, <laughs> Fight Club makes you a better person. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> like after like a month later, I had a fucking brand spanking new website because yeah. I was like, yeah, that is it is a piece of shit. And uh, yeah, yeah, but that but I enjoy, but I appreciated it because. Yeah. He had done his his, his research. research. Yeah. He'd looked stuff up. He saw that I had a piece of shit website, and he yeah. you know made a joke about well, it. Well, what I loved yeah. I loved leading up to my fights was emailing with Matt saying, "Hey, like I'm thinking about saying this one thing. Is that too harsh?" And like Matt would always give like really it, it, Matt was you were never like, "Oh, there's no fucking rules at Fight Club. You say whatever yeah. you want." You it was always like a very measured and like well thought response. It usually yeah. was. No, there's no rules. Say whatever it is. It's just got to be funny. But there's something about... I didn't realize how collaborative it would be. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just for not specific joke advice, just like general feedback or Yeah, a lot of whatever. times I've had comedians ask me to like help them on roast jokes since I've been doing Fight Club. And a lot of times someone will like... When they send me it, they'll be wondering like, is this an okay thing to joke about? My response will be something about semantics and the wording of it and how to make it flow better and be funnier because the topic doesn't matter if it's funny. There's... I mean, we've seen from the most... Chappelle and Louis C.K.'s special. They touch on darker, yeah, meaner yeah. topics. There's, yeah, you're responding to people. Yeah. You're like, it's funnier if you say aborted fetus and yeah. not aborted baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two syllables on fetus will flow better yeah. with the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really... Uh, I think uh, being... I think it's uh, Don Rickles... Uh, it was the main thing I think the thing I took away most from him and Comedy Fight Club is a definitely uh has this spirit is uh he would always say he's mean but not mean spirited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh it's not just saying funny things, it's saying things funny. Well I think I read some article that was basically like you know, he would make some of the most offensive jokes you could make, but he was always the butt of those jokes. Yeah. Like in in, in yep. some way he was always the butt of that joke. And and in some ways, and somebody described him as so offensive that he wasn't offensive. Yeah, that's which, funny. Which is an interesting uh, way to look at it. Yeah, I think um, I think that's kind of lost the irony in a lot of those jokes, especially with like racial stereotype jokes. Like I'm Jewish, but uh, if I do a Jewish joke, or if someone does a joke about like, oh, all Jews are like this, it's like. The person saying that is the butt of the joke because it's a ridiculous thing to say. Right. And it's like – it's the reason people are laughing at it is because, oh, that guy's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing that that person would actually say that. Like someone is yeah. a pedophile joke. No actual pedophile would be saying this stuff. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. I, this is easy for me to say as a straight white male in 2017, yeah. but – it also when you when you make fun of things that are so taboo, it takes power away from them. You know, yeah. so like if you make a racist joke, it takes power away from people who are actually are racist. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, anytime uh, someone's ever made fun of me about something, I make a note to like do joke. I in my stand up act, I do jokes about the way I look and mm-hmm. wearing sleeveless shirts as a way of like yeah. now you can't hurt me by saying it. Well, it's it's interesting though because when you poke fun of yourself at fun, if you poke fun at yourself. It's something that works well because it's personal, um, but it's also it's an it's an easier thing in the sense of you're the butt of the joke. So if it doesn't land super well, it's totally fine, right? Um, I can how, see that, yeah. But if you are push, if you're talking about groups of people, yeah. If you're making jokes that are racial or that are um, gender related or uh, that are that are hot topic like uh, taboo subject. Yeah. Like you have to present it in just the right way, yeah. Because 
if you do, then everybody's like, oh, my God, that's undeniably funny and they'll go with you. Yeah. But if you don't, man, you just crash and burn harder than anything else. Oh, the risk is certainly the higher. risk is the high. I think yeah. I think those are the highest risk jokes that you can do. Yeah. If you do a joke about road signs that bombs, people think, God, this real guy really hates road signs. OK, but if you do a joke about trans people that bombs, God, this guy really hates trans people. Mm. That's a lot more serious. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, oh, well, you should. And then and then you have people that are like, oh, you should. This is one thing that drives me crazy. When people are like, oh, you shouldn't book that anymore. I want to get this person. Uh, their career ruined because the, yeah. I didn't think something that they said was funny. Yeah, it's like you know sometimes things are not going to work, and ideally, if you're if you're if you're swimming in those deep waters, you better yeah. have a grip on it. But I mean, I'd take it even further. Maybe it's also easier to say as a straight white male, but I think and I don't think anyone should lose their job for having a differing opinion either. Whether even if they really mean the thing they're saying, if somebody really doesn't like gay people, I don't think Chick Fil A should get shut down. You know, viewers, what do you think? Um, please tie a note around a brick and throw it yeah. through a window. <laughs> yeah, you know, just let us know. Yeah, I don't. I, I think. Uh, I think you end up uh, make creating more secret bigots by shaming the speech. Is that people hold this right. stuff in and yeah. they still think it, and this damage is still being done behind the scenes. Bunch of them get together and start running a company and don't hire anyone of a certain background. Well, yeah. At the end like, of the day, it's it's the it's it's how you act. Yeah, um, I believe and so. and. Uh, and I do think also if you are like like deliberately inciting something, that's yeah. something else. But of course, I, but yeah. um, you know, I think that aside from that, you know, I, you know, you should be able to say what you want to say. And I think that you've you know you've put together a really nice, uh, a fun show that yeah. uh, uh, that hopefully will continue uh, get you know get more people there and, yeah. and having and is in fact like probably the most diverse comedy show happening in New York City where <laughs> yeah. people talk very directly yeah. about their differences. Yeah. You know? That's the way I grew I grew up in Queens, the most diverse county in the world as a kid. Asian kids made fun of Jewish kids, yeah. made fun of black kids. Made, that was how we like bonded. We and for us it was celebrating our differences. Yeah. And if anybody was ever kind of like, oh, that's I mean, it was also probably it was my friend circle. I don't think everyone in Queens is like that necessarily. Yeah, but I don't right. think that's a like I think, you know, that's for certain kids like middle school. Yeah. You know, you just poke fun at each other. Yeah. And you like and, and that's yeah, that's a way that you, it's it's not in a way that like I hate you. It's in yeah. a way that, you know, it's a bond. Yeah, thing. I got Jewish jokes made about I, I also as a kid, I didn't have long hair and a beard. So I probably looked more Jewish than I do now. <laughs> um, but I definitely got Jewish jokes. I got I, I work with my security company is almost all black and Spanish. My I'm white boy. That's like they call yell out white boy and I know yeah, it's me. Yeah. I've never taken I've never thought anything of it other well, than with the, with, the, yeah. with the lack of sleeves, I mean, how can you not be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and that's the other thing too like uh I I don't know, did you did the lack of sleeves thing come from like is that like is that just something you've always liked or does that come from like a wrestling thing or like what's Yeah, the it was when I was in college and I was working out like every day trying to get bigger for wrestling. Mm -hmm. I uh, would always either be going to the gym or coming from the gym and I always worked out in tank tops. You got to keep and those delts cool. Yeah, it got to the point where people would say like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen you in sleeves. Like 80% of the time I was not wearing a shirt without sleeves. And then once I started doing stand up, I wore like the few shirts with sleeves I had my first few times on stage and then realized why I have a distinct look. Why would I? try and go away from it and it's not uh put on or uh manufactured in any way so why not just be the everyone knew me as a guy without sleeves before i did comedy so why not do it when i'm doing comedy basically for those people that don't know matt Marin, he looks like maybe like a like an old he-man where like the arms from a different <laughs> character like the bare arms of he-man have been put on top of uh-huh 
you know, uh, yeah, a, a well, baseball umpire. Well, we didn't get into this at all because I don't think Tristan and I really have a passion for wrestling. But Matt Marin, former pro wrestler yes. in the indie leagues of uh, New York City um, state, not really Northeast. New York City. Yeah, I did. Um, I did like Jersey, Pennsylvania, a lot of upstate New York, yeah. um, and uh, Vermont. I did a few months in Ohio. I was on a carnival for a few months where. Yeah. I like lived the carny lifestyle, which is insane. Yeah. Um, so you, yeah. so you've shed, you retired from wrestling, but kept the uniform. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And uh, and the concussions haven't gone away either. Right. <laughs> uh, but basically, if anybody messes with you, you can easily pin them to the ground and teabag them or uh, fart on them. Yeah. 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 That's uh, yeah. I had to pin down. Uh, I haven't had to pin down people and fart on them yet, but I can I could if I needed to. If when you do get back to. <laughs> <laughs> when you get back to wrestling, you could call yourself the crop duster. Hit it. Oh, oh it's just a sad thing. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I would be Brett the Hitman fart. Oh, nice. Perfect. Hit it. Hold on, hit it. Wait. Brett the Hitman fart. <laughs> God we gotta, damn it. We gotta get a sound effects guy. Oh. Man, uh, it's... It, it, oh. <laughs> and it, the from under we'll just edit to make that work yeah you know, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just shift those over um all right we're, we're about out of time here is, is there anything else, is there anything else that you uh would like the listeners to know about fight club or you or any shows you have uh coming up or uh you know anything uh well this is coming out in a couple of weeks right uh well yeah, yeah. let's okay we'll get it out yeah. you know sooner so, than later but mm-hmm. yeah all right, then, yeah, just Comedy Fight Club every Sunday night. Uh, it's at Comedy Fight NYC on Periscope, Twitter, and Instagram. And at Lovecraft Bar every Sunday night. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I find also what we do, because everything is like it's mean and offensive jokes, is it almost takes the sting out of it being mean. And you kind of look at it for the value of this is a silly joke that just happens to be about an awful thing. And I think. There's something like that Pepsi commercial that came out this week. Oh yeah, where people something like that happens and everyone gets upset. And my reaction to it is like, this is just dumb. Yeah. Why would anyone care or be upset about it? And I think part of that is because I've become kind of desensitized yeah. to. I see jokes about awful things every single week. Yeah. That if somebody does like a parody commercial with a protest, I don't look for a deeper meaning. I just think that's dumb and silly and move yeah. on. And yeah, I when think you hear forty-five Holocaust yeah. and AIDS <laughs> jokes, I think it's a lot healthier, honestly, to be able to see something that other people will get outraged and offended by, and just think that's dumb and move on, and not have it like take up space in my brain, and yeah, not ha- be stressed about things that you shouldn't be stressed about. I just want to touch on one last thing. This is going to kill the rhythm of the ending. Okay, but back to the <laughs> Jeff Lawrence death thing. Yeah, I think we're in a, in 2017 on social media. A lot of comedians are now blending their on-stage performance with their day-to-day life, including their social media. So if those guys started it as a rumor, as a bit, I don't think it's a funny bit personally, but in the at the end of the day, probably a bit. You know what I'm saying? I know, you know. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I just think it's a dumb bit. Yeah. But that's that's what free speech is all about, kids. Yeah. I don't know if it would work on stage. Yeah. Hey guys, Jeff Lawrence died. <laughs> just be confusion <laughs> for the next ten minutes. Just, yeah. yeah, just be quiet and and hope that yeah. people get really upset about it. Yeah. Jeff Lawrence died. Uh, what else was I going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, so what else is going on? <laughs> all right, guys. Matt Marin, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you today. so much, Matt. This thank has been you. the Comics Table. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon. This is Sweet Pea, and that's Sweet Tea over there. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you. Bye bye.